Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. Memphis, 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 What's up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901, presented by the good people at Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. We're going to go ahead and get into it. What a win for the Grizzlies. 110 for the Warriors. They can hold that to 131. It was a blowout. It was a great win. Uh, it feels like the, uh, the Grizzlies are getting back on track, and because they're getting back on track... Why not? All right, we got to bring in our guy. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> Feeling great. Um, after what we've been through for the past week, it is nice to, for one game, beat up on your rival. Um, yeah. Or maybe "quote unquote" rival. I don't know how you it's, feel about it. It's but. a budding rivalry, but the Grizzlies have never won. <laughs> Do they not understand that there's more than just last year? Yeah. Like I know that the play-in is not like t- to Reggie Miller. Maybe he doesn't remember because he didn't have the play-in. But they literally put them out in the play-in. Like, come, like, just give them a little credit. I, I don't care if you don't if you don't know. Just give just. I don't know. Do better. Do better. Yeah, there's there's no other team that gets the Warriors to do what they do against the Grizzlies, right? Right. Like Steph Curry yeah. doesn't talk trash to anybody else. No. no. Clay Thompson doesn't talk to other teams. Well, maybe the Celtics, but um, like he's they only do this kind of stuff against the Grizzlies. So I guess the only reason we have rivalries is they beat each other in conference finals. Like if that were <laughs> the case, then we would never have rivalries. It's so, <laughs> so stupid. It's 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 absolutely dumb. What what I don't care what you call it. Like call it just good fun. I, I don't yeah. care. But I will say that it is a rivalry. Just for the simple fact that you it's a game that you get up for more than normal and you know the Grizzlies uh winning this one by, you know, a big number right here, right? Twenty one points. That's a big win for the Grizzlies. And obviously they had that great first quarter, uh forty eight points, and then the the bench allowed all that to kind of come come back <laughs> you did see an adjustment out of taylor jenkins where he shortened the bench like you go to david rod and you go to zaire and then and then you don't in the second half like he shortened it up to eight eight people so i will give him uh, his credit uh, on that one and i will say uh that taylor jenkins out coached steve kerr tonight right i know taylor jenkins get beaten up a lot but the simple fact that he made you know some adjustments and it looked like Steve Kerr. I don't know what he was doing, but it looked like there weren't many adjustments in that in that area. So um, I just think that it was a great game all around for the coaching, but also uh, the players. Yeah, I I think 
he screwed up. Like if he looks back, if he looks back at it, which obviously he will, they wouldn't start small. Right. Yeah. Now I don't know how often that they do that. Like I haven't paid to the warriors pay attention closely to them recently. So neither has Reggie Miller. (laughs) (laughs) So we're in the same boat. Uh, pay me TNT because I'll do just the same. Uh, but like DiVincenzo, I don't think usually starts. And he started with Pool, Clay, Steph, and yeah. they were terrible. And I think he would go back and do that again with and go with Looney, obviously. Um, because it was kind of like the Grizzlies got hot early because there's just no defense starting from the Warriors because they thought they're just going to be able to space the Grizzlies out and bomb them from three mm. or hit a layup. And the Grizzlies got confident and caught on fire, and it just never stopped. And so I think if Steve had to go back, he wouldn't start small. He he I think he screwed up at the beginning of the game doing that. Yeah. Well, the Grizzlies got out to a, a big lead, forty-eight to twenty-eight after the end of the first. And honestly, like transparency involved, I had an old man's basketball game, and so I wasn't even watching the first quarter, right? So I'm uh literally at some point down the uh towards the end of my game. Uh, we have a timeout, and I pull up my phone, and I'm like, good God, what's happening? Like, I'm missing this, and I, it's pissing me off. And then by the time that my game ends, uh, we're at 59 to 77 and a half. So I missed a lot of the the terrible basketball that happened probably early in the second uh, second quarter. Uh, seeing the first half, let's go ahead and get into that a little bit because I honestly, I know enough. I went back and watched a little bit of it. But at what point, like I have only so much time during the uh, during the, the halftime episode or whatever you call it, halftime. Um, bring us up to uh, bring us up a little bit on the first half. Like bring me in the loop because I missed a lot of what happened. Well, I just think like Jaron started off. You know, they just didn't know who to guard. Like they were switching who they were guarding in multiple possessions to begin yeah. the game. Like DiVincenzo, I think, started out on Jaron. And Jaron didn't take him to the post, but he hit a three. And so yeah. they switched Draymond. And then they went to Tillman in the post against DiVincenzo. Like, they just didn't know what to do with that lineup. And the Grizzlies were just on fire, which is they were kind of due, right? After, yeah. you know, the Lakers game and, you know, previous games, they weren't shooting well. Like, they had moments, like the Clippers, 51-point quarter. But since then, they haven't just shot the ball really well. And this was just their night, like, coming yeah. off that road trip. All the stuff that's going on, you're back home. Um, it's a just a feel good kind of situation, um, yeah. and it was kind of like touch and go in the second quarter for half of the quarter. Really, I think they only right. had like seven or eight points in the first, I don't know, five to six minutes of the second quarter. And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of expected after scoring forty eight in the first. Yeah. And then they just had a really nice response in the last few minutes to close out the quarter where they somehow managed to score like 27 or 28 points out of that quarter to kind of push the lead back out where they did score 77. So I thought the response was good when the Warriors made runs, right? Mm. Like they made at least three to four runs where it was like, oh God, here we go again. Um, But just the shot making was there tonight. And everybody contributed and the shooting splits are insane. Like if... Dylan doesn't shoot so bad from three. Um, this game, we could probably, as a team, shot 52-plus percent. Like, everyone was just on it. And it was a game that they needed a feel-good. Yeah. A feel-good game, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and as Black Lives Matter, uh, he said, you know, Looney should have started. Like, that's 
like obviously to your point, they went small early and they probably should have went a little bit bigger. Um, and you know, Looney does play well against the Grizzlies. He just does because I, especially if, if you don't have a Steven Adams on the court, Looney is going to do really well against the Grizzlies, uh, because Jaron, uh, he doesn't really, he doesn't have any work on rebounds pri- like prior to the ball coming off the rim. There's no work prior. So it's all about him just being long and getting rebounds. And so that's where Looney and, you know, other people that are, you know, they work hard to get rebounds. They do a really good job against the Grizzlies, especially when, uh, Steven Adams is out. Um, silver lining from, from size production cease. Don't, don't listen. I should have pulled it up because I don't know how to say it. So I apologize. But silver lining in this is Jaron has uh, no choice but stay on the floor. Like he, he did. Like they literally, you went to eight men. You're, you're, you're going to ride your, your dogs, right? You're going to ride your players. And that's why, and that's what they did tonight. Uh, but looking at the, uh, the plus minus, I think it's always funny. At halftime, Dylan Brooks plus 27, Jaron Jackson Jr. plus 32, Xavier Tillman. He only played. Six minutes and fifty three seconds. Is that right? The whole entire first half. Wow. Okay, he's a plus ten. Desmond twenty. Tyus twenty seven. But come down here to the bottom. Zaire five minutes. Roddy five minutes. Both minus fourteen. Like Jeez. they they got hit with the tidal wave, and I know it. Prob. I don't. I I didn't see as much of that part of their game. But they got hit with a tidal wave straight in the face, and yeah. that's why those numbers. But honestly, they literally played their five minutes, and they're n- they never got uh, back on the court. So, I think that was a good adjustment for Taylor Jenkins. But um, all in all, I think the game um, in the end, the Grizzlies showed a lot of de- determination for the simple fact that uh, when you go up big, twenty plus in a game, it's easy to come and allow a team to work back as they did a lot of times, but it also showed their determination to, to get out and get back up, you know, push the, the lead back a little bit further. So anything that you saw with them and their fight tonight, because I think that's very important for this, uh, this young Grizzlies team. Uh, I think the second half is like a preview of what the playoff rotation could look like. Okay. Um, obviously sub back in two key players uh, and it could be pretty scary. Like okay. that's, that could be a pretty interesting, scary eight man rotation. Um, and I thought, you know, Taylor got to give him props. Like he's, he wants to have guys on minutes restriction. I mean, they even brought up the point how he's OCD about everything during the broadcast yeah. and how organized he is. <clears throat> and I know Jaron sat at the end the last couple of minutes, but he still managed him to only play him 32 minutes, mm. which is a big win, right? Like if we're yeah. having to play him 38 to 40 minutes, to just scratch and claw wins now in this stretch, then I don't feel great about it because I would rather not wear out Jaron now, yeah. you know, before we get into a playoff series. So the management of that worked out. The question is be going to be when we're not shooting 50%, <laughs> like what is like how everybody was pissed off just a couple games ago against um, uh, oh, whoever it was, uh, the Nuggets, mm. when – you know, Jaron went to the bench for a long spell oh, yes, in the fourth, yes. and then he came back and it was too late, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's give and take on that. Um, so I'm going to side more to the, let's just get to the playoffs, you right. know? Let's not run Jaron 40 minutes just because, you know? Um, so I thought Taylor did well in managing that, but he was helped 
by with that decision making with all the shot making that everyone contributed with tonight yeah yeah all in all i, I think the grizzlies they, they played well uh just looking at the uh the total stats for this my god like the grizzlies probably it's the insane. best shooting night that they've <laughs> ever had um their field goal percentage was 53.8 three point percentage 18 of 40 for 45 percent free throws effing free throws were 72.2 percent like that doesn't happen on a normal basis and so you know i i think you got to kind of play you know the odds a little bit norm it's not going to be that high on a normal basis right but the yeah. fact that they're able to have games like that shows that they have a pretty high ceiling and so uh the fact that the grizzlies got up to, to that point with those percentages is a good thing going forward but it also goes to show that I think a lot of these bench players, but these players in general play much better at home. And that's the reason they have the record that they have. The reason they have, were they 21 and five now at home? Like that's yeah. really important. And so I think going forward, I think we're going to, I think those having those, I think nine more home games is going to be a key for this team uh, going forward. And so a uh, little bit, let's go ahead and wrap the game up. So anything else you have on the game before we kind of move on to other things? No, I mean the 36 assists, like mm. amazing <laughs> out rebounding about 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought the Warriors are just kind of careless tonight. Now. I don't know if you could say that the, the defense for the Grizzlies was like overwhelming. I wouldn't say that, but um, it certainly helped that the Warriors look kind of careless. Like they're a terrible road team too. Their defense uh, is atrocious. It's like, really bad. <laughs> they just look like really a bunch bad. of cones. Their entire uh, bench looked like a bunch of cones coming out and just, you know, yes, sir, go ahead. That that way. Every now, time. I think the only other thing to mention, if if it's not going to come up at some point, is uh, armpit gate. Um, did Dylan Brooks taste mm. Draymond's armpit? Mm. Or was it just like a, a graze? Like what did what was going on there? What was the action going around? <laughs> because I, I didn't see Dylan like licking his lips or anything, like you know, but uh He got a taste though. <laughs> he did get a taste. Whatever it was, <laughs> it was a great moment. Um and I you know, if somehow we get matched up with them in the playoffs again, like that's going to be like the header for everything, the preview right. of the series. Would you be comfortable um getting matched up with them first round because that's yeah. obviously that's the only time well you might second depending on how it all plays out but first round yeah i'm fine with it i thought we were fine last year before everything happened um like before I said we it broke last the year, code before we broke the code right um but i said it last year like the warriors winning the championship last year was you know the basketball gods repaying them for kd tearing his achilles and clay going out against the raptors like that was their repayment for that they're done they're not winning any more championships. No, I'll say that now. No, like it is over. You un like it makes sense why the front office is trying to play this back and forth with, you know, respect the old guard on the way out because Steph is awesome. Like Clay is awesome. Draymond, as much as I hate him, like he's awesome. Um, and trying to mix in this young group together, and it's just mm -hmm. not working out. Right. So they've like they've got to pick an avenue, and I don't know that they're going to actually do that. I don't think the front office is committed to doing that. Um, so I would be comfortable playing in the first round. I'm not scared of them at all. Like I, I, there's just nothing about them that I'm super worried about. Like Steph, of course, yeah, Steph, but everyone else, like 
play Jordan Poole with Clay Thompson all you want. Hmm. Like I'm happy playing against those two. Yeah. Um, if they're playing together a lot. Yeah, what I saw of their offense, and I, you know, obviously I don't watch a lot of uh, Golden State um, Warriors games in general, but uh, what I've seen out of them is it's a lot of Steph. It really is. And when when Poole and and Thompson when they get hot, the Grizzlies are uh, Grizzlies. The Warriors are very very tough to beat. But Steph is going to shoot so many bad shots, but because he's such a, an incredible shooter it makes up for it, right? Because he is an incredible shooter. He's shooting a lot of terrible shots that nobody in the league should be really taking. But because he's Steph Curry and because he is incredible, a lot of times they go in. So you can't hate him for that. But there is no offense, no movement. There's not much action to them besides just Steph. And if you get a, if you get somebody else that gets hot in the game, they can beat you. But I really, I am not scared of a team uh, like Golden State. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm i just not at all. I, there's nothing that worries me about them at all because they have nothing to contend with with Jaron Jackson Jr. And if Steve-O is there, I think that just kind of – that kills the the whole Kevon Looney thing. I'm going to be fair to the Warriors because there there's a ton of movement in that offense. <laughs> there's just some, you know, interesting shot selection, especially well, there, from Jordan Poole. Like, there's just there's, fluid motion, right? The, the, the movement, yes. I, and I probably shouldn't have said that. But what there isn't, there's an Andre Iguodala who will not – he shoots, okay? He's just doing cardio, right? He's not actually going to make one. <laughs> like, that's just all – it's all false. He's not actually going to make one of those shots he's taking. Draymond Green does not want to shoot. That's two of the guys that he, they're trying to play in their rotation that aren't shooter at all. And so their game is predicated around Steph, but it also, you know, it is the ball movement. Yes, I just shouldn't have said that. But uh, there's not much else that's happening there because Steph is, you know, he's not dishing the ball like he used to back in his the old days. I, I just think that, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, and to answer your question, if the Warriors won game one, be absolutely pent. It's not, dude. It's, it's really not. It's not. The Warriors are not good. They're just not, I, you know, and they're never going to win another championship, as you said. So take the L, go home. You probably don't live in Golden State, uh, but you can probably go back to somewhere else where you might live. So uh, take that L, Giants, for life. Um, all right. <clears throat> That's my mom. Oh, I apologize, Miss Meadows. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's look a little bit of the standings. And I kind of want to take a, a peek into the standings a little bit because I think that's important for people to kind of see. Um, as I said earlier, the Grizzlies are, I said 21 and 5, I apologize, 27 and 5 at home, uh, 12 and 21 on the road, which is, which is the issue in itself, right? But the Grizzlies are now half a game up on Sacramento, who's playing currently. Uh, we're recording this, obviously, right after the game. So if you're hearing this the next morning, you actually know if they won or lost. We do not. Mm. But I will say that either way, I feel comfortable in the Grizzlies keeping the two seed. Now, you have said the opposite. What say you, Ryan? Let Just so you are aware, it's RD Meadows 11 on Twitter. Oh, sorry. Was I supposed to put that on there? No, I just want people to know who's saying this, not me. Oh, okay. I'm the one saying two seed. You're saying whatever mm -hmm. seed. No, I think obviously without the with the news of Steven Adams is put off, put off another month. You know, it's probably not going to be playoffs that he's back. Jaws at minimum four games uh, more. Who knows how long that's going to actually be? Cause this front office is very mysterious about all this stuff for some hmm. reason. 
Um, I think they're probably going to stay in the three now. Um, like they just have not been a team that has looked like tonight, right? Like they don't shoot 50% from the floor. They are a team that is a very poor shooting team. Um, and like, if they just shoot league average, that's when they're awesome. Literally, they just have to shoot a little bit above league average and they're almost unbeatable. Uh, and that's just not been the case, but tonight it was. Yeah. Um, so it's tough because like we have next couple of games, we'll play the Mavericks, what, twice in a back-to-back coming up? Well, it's not a back-to-back, but it's a, uh, okay. there's a day. It's a, it's like a mini series, two, two game mini series. That's a huge one. Uh, who knows what's going on with Luca? The Warriors play him again. Luca's not playing. Okay. I know that they said it wasn't like a strain or anything, and it was about pain and discomfort or something yeah. tonight. Um, you've got the Heat who are trying to stick, you know, to get out of the playing in the East. I mean, we get the Spurs. Luckily, we get the Rockets a couple more times, but yeah. like, I'm just. There's just nothing about it that says, you know, this team, if they go 500 the rest of the way, like the Kings are going to have to do the same thing or be a little worse. And I think the Kings are just, they're lucky with their injury stuff right now, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're one of the few teams in the West that's whole. And I think they've got that spot. I think they'll probably hold on to it. Not saying that the Grizzlies can't. Obviously the Grizzlies need it. At least I think they need it. Um, but I think they're likely to be in the three. I would have thought they would have slid to the four, depending on the extension of how long Jaw would be out. But now KD goes down right? Um, with a random rolled ankle in pregames, which happened Dude. tonight with so uh, Kaminga. Like, what is going on right now? So the Grizzlies are catching some breaks with other teams being injured to their stars like we have. With guys being out. So that could be fortunate for them. And they need a little bit of luck because it seems like they've had all the bad luck recently. Um, So they can still keep the two. But I think it's far more likely in the situation they're currently in with their roster versus how the Kings are just completely whole and nothing's going wrong for them right now. I think they're more likely to be a three, which is fine. I think it's okay. Yeah. Well, just looking at uh, let, let's move out of the the two real quick, and let's let's go to and talk about the four, five, and six. So uh, I sent this to you, and obviously, you know, we kind of talked about this prior, but uh, this is before the game tonight. So the Grizzlies they had eighteen games coming into tonight, right? So I said the Grizzlies just go uh, nine and nine the rest of the way. They did have ten home games. That the Suns would have to go ten and six just to tie them. I don't. I, I didn't work out the uh, the tiebreakers. I don't know who has those. I don't. I don't care. It's too far enough. Too far away. But the Suns, if the Grizzlies just go five hundred, right? Tonight was just one of those nine and nine wins. That the Suns would have to go ten and six just to tie them. The Warriors would have to go thirteen and three. Now they're going to have to go thirteen and two the rest of the way just to tie them. And then the Clippers would have to go twelve and two. So. Just looking at those numbers, the Warriors and the Clippers cannot catch the Grizzlies and anybody under them. So if they're in the standings and you're looking at, there's anybody above Golden State, the Clip, uh, or b- below Golden State and the Clippers, they cannot catch the Grizzlies. As long as the Grizzlies just go 500, they have another nine home games. The Grizzlies being 27 and uh, 27 and five at home uh, is incredible. And so for the simple fact of that, I, I just think that it's practically impossible for the Grizzlies to to lose the three seed 
But I also think that looking at the Sacramento Kings, I, I think it's very, very doable for the simple fact that the Grizzlies, they have a lot of home games, but I think that they have a chance to really kind of catch a little bit of lightning in a bottle uh, with this team. They played well. They, they just played well against the, the Lakers, and they took the loss. They played well against the Clippers, and they took the loss. They just haven't been able to close in the fourth quarter, and that's a whole different uh, deal than we've talked about. But that also was a West Coast road trip, right? They have never, I don't care what year it is, they've never really played well except for that one year where they were incredible on the road. But besides that, they just have not been a good road team. So just going back to it, they do catch the Mavericks at home the first game after Luka. There's probably zero chance that Luka tries to play that game. But then Monday, you do have another game. It's at Dallas against with the Grizzlies. And there's a chance that he could play them, but not this first game at home. So as long as the Grizzlies handle business, that's two winnable games. The Heat aren't scary. The Heat can't shoot. And so I feel comfortable in that game as well. Then you get the Spurs, and then you go back to the, the Warriors again, who you know you're going to be up for back at home. And so the Grizzlies have a chance to play well, and if they can get through those games and play okay 500 basketball, then you end you end with a double dip with the Clippers. You also get the, the Magic, the Hawks, and the Rockets twice. Like March could end well if you can just stabilize right now. And I think that uh, John Morant will be back before the end of March. Yeah, that would be – that's the biggest question mark for me on what's going – like where I could see the Grizzlies being is like what's just at us. Yeah. <laughs> and what's the reality on a timetable of return for him? Hmm. Um, but we do get a gift because the Kings do play the Suns two more times. Right. So that might help us in the end. Um, but the Kings do play like the Warriors and the Nuggets, which Warriors are probably – I assume we'll be fighting for a playoff spot still. The Nuggets will be resting everybody. Um, I don't want it to come down to the last couple games, uh, but the Grizzlies do kind of have a last couple games where they could catch teams that are resting people, right? Mm. Either tanking uh, to secure their high playoff or uh, high uh, lottery odd spot, mm. or could be resting just because they're top seed. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't want it to be like that. Like I would prefer to just know, but now we're in this situation where it's like every other game, we're going to be two, we're going to be three, we're going to be two, we're going to be three. Um, and it just, I hate when it's like that because I can't daydream. About, <laughs> I can't daydream about matchups and you can't do it anyways because five through 11 basically is within Dude, two games of each other. So you can't even think about who you're going to play in the first round. It's just, it's, it's unnecessarily stressful than it yeah. should be for someone like me who likes to daydream about that matchup. Right. Yeah. Well, just looking at, in case people don't you know realize the fifth seed all the way down to the 13th seed is three games difference. <laughs> That's it. It's three games difference. So literally, you go on a six-game win streak, and you possibly could go up from like the Portland Trailblazers, who are they're the 12th seed. They could jump up five spots and be in the eighth spot potentially. Like there, there's just so many, so many crazy scenarios uh, that I don't know what direction that this this all happens and plays out. Uh, but if you had to pick a team out of those, uh, let, let's let's leave out Utah and OKC. 
Okay. And I know you don't know if you're looking at the standings, but just kind of just thinking off the top of your head, which team would you want first round matchup? hundred percent. The Timberwolves again. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, the ideal would be like the Timberwolves, uh, in the first round, if we stay a three anyways, um, even if we're a two, I'll take Timberwolves. But if we're a three, I would love the Kings to have to be matched up against someone like the Mavericks or the Lakers, right? Yeah. Because the Lakers, if they made it, which seven seems out of the realm of possibility for them, but they're technically still in it. Yeah. Um, like, I think the Lakers could beat the Kings in the first round, and I would mm. love to play the Lakers in the second round. Um, that would be a break. That would be the ultimate break, I think, <laughs> for us in the playoffs. Uh, do you think LeBron's done for the um, for the regular season? This is completely off Grizzlies topic, but I know you love the NBA I, in general. I haven't seen any kind of update on it, on what's going on. Um, but I think if they start to lose a couple games and they're kind of out of the play-in, I think he'll be like, eh, nah, I think it's worse. I might have to have off-season surgery. Um, There's no way he's dipping out. There's no way. He's too old. What's he got? He only got so many more seasons left. Bronny ain't going to come and, you know, I guess yeah. save his save his career. I guess that, but you're talking about LeBron, who's one of the biggest image superstars that we've ever had, right? And if he comes back and they lose a play-in game and they're out, like he's going to receive a lot of hate and crap for that, losing in the play-in. He's so, going to no matter what. You think he's going to play no matter what, if yes. or whatever. I think, I think if they were a seven, like had two chances at making the playoffs, then I think he would play because um, wow. I don't think he would lose back to back. But if he's like nine ten, like they are now, I could see him being like, eh, maybe not, you know, because then yep. he's got to win two games yep. to get in there. I would be shocked to say the least um, if if LeBron didn't come back. But uh, we're going to hit a little bit on John Morant as well as Stephen Adams and talk about uh, kind of their status because I think it's important because I have my thoughts on both. Um, I know the I know the front office is being very coy with all of this, and they're they're kind of holding uh, all their information close to the vest. But I have some thoughts mainly on John Morant, but I also have some thoughts on uh, what happened with Stephen Adams because obviously he was on five five on five, right? And so all of a sudden now he has a, a big setback that nobody saw coming, and so he was playing, but now he's not. So I, I have my thoughts on that as well. So, uh, but before we get there, we're going to give a shout out to our uh, presenting sponsor. And that is Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, give them a call if you have any insurance needs at all. 901-794-3691 at ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Uh, Zach and his team are very good. They, they do a good job and they can save you money as well as giving you an insurance company that you can trust, right? So a lot of people hate insurance companies because they think they're always raising your rates. I promise <laughs> they do raise your rates. But I promise... <laughs> <laughs> that you can give Zach and his team a call. Let them know the Grizz 901 team sent you. They have offices out in East Memphis as well as Collierville. Uh, but give them a call, and I, and they will do their best to save you money. Just let them know Daniel told, told them that you would save them money. Just tell them. They raise right. your rates, but they're nice about it. They're nice. They're nice razor of rates. Um, <laughs> no, I, honestly, I've had, I've had good experience with them. I've been there for 
10 plus years. And I, I can't say that my rates have gone crazy high. So, um, I'll give them that at least, but let's talk about John Morant first, because I think he's obviously the buzz on everybody, uh, that everybody's been talking about lately. Um, my thoughts on Ja. I think that the two game suspension was easy, right? Because it was a West coast road trip. There's two away games. And then you obviously come back home before they got to be at home. They made sure they got it out in front of it and said, Hey, he's not going to be at the next four games. So let's look at the next four games real quick, because I, this is, you know, thought provoking. We'll say, all right. So you had, you know, that game, and then you have the Mavericks two games and then the heat on the road. Right. But then you come back to the Spurs on the road, I can't imagine that they bring him back for that game. But you want to talk about a Saturday night game on the back end of a of a doubleheader, right? So you have the Spurs on Friday, and then the 18th you have the Warriors at home. That's five games. Warriors back at home. Warriors versus Grizzlies. Jaws back. I think that has a lot of potential on the 18th. And so I think what's happening here is they're trying to make sure they're doing right by the, by Ja in, in itself. They have to separate themselves in length enough time to kind of let the, the stories die down, but also get him help personally, because I think uh, there's a lot of stuff and probably some demons that he's having to deal with um, on a personal mental side, because, you know, being a, a multimillionaire going from not being able to go to the grocery, going to be able to do whatever you want in life five years ago, being at Murray state and being a, obviously a, a draft riser and being somebody cool. It's, it's cool. It's fun until now the superstardom, the, the rise that he's been on the last five years has got to, it's got to mess you up a little bit mentally. So I, I do think there is some stuff that he's having to deal with personally, but I do think that they're trying to be coy with it for the simple fact that I think this is coming down from the league. And this is my conspiracy theory. You know what? I'm glad we have you on tonight because you're Mr. Conspiracy Theory. Uh, <laughs> but my thoughts are is the league is saying, hey, we need to get him at least five, six games, like a suspension in a sense, right? If you give, if you hand out a suspension to Ja, right, you have to figure out the collective bargaining and all that, whatever that CBA stuff is. But if you say, hey, Let's make sure we communicate with the team. We need to have him to stay away. How can we make this work without actually handing down a suspension? Because we don't want to do it because this might be a mental thing. We want to make sure we get him the best, uh, what's best for him personally. If you suspend somebody, it could come off and give the wrong you know, example or, or it could get out the wrong message. I think this is an under-the-table the Grizzlies are enforcing a team suspension in a sense like, hey, go get yourself taken care of. And I think it's kind of coming from the league as well. What say you? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I wish Look at I, us. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd have looked at the timeline of this. I didn't know we were going to discuss this, but um, they said he was going to be away from the team for at least two games, right? And two then games, all right. of a sudden, Colorado or whatever police department said they were looking at it. And then all this stuff came out about how that's an automatic 50 games, right? Like if you well, carry that actually went back, game. somebody actually uh, shot that down and said that was actually wrong. Okay. Um, and so I don't know exactly, I, I can't remember who it was, but whoever came out and said it initially is one of the, uh, it was a blue check mark. Um, he, he came out and he actually didn't buy it. He didn't buy it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, so the whole stuff with the, whenever way is talking about 50 games, I thought they were insane. Um, 100%. Because I get it. Like it's a terrible thing. 
with, you know, everything that's going on in the country surrounding guns and the example, you know, that he is to younger players. I mean, he's one of the most viewed social media people. Like I get the surrounding thing, but a 50 game suspension for something like that is extreme. Right. Um, because like the, to keep on with the timeline that I was thinking is when that came out, the police were going to investigate it. If he broke some local laws or carrying permit, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, then they came out pretty soon after that and said, well, it's going to be the next four. So I think when the, it started to leak out that maybe, Hey, this might be a little more serious. The Grizzlies immediately went to the league and like, Oh, Hey, we're doing this extra work and hand in yeah. hand with him. We're taking care of it internally. He's been completely, you know, he's um, corroborates probably not the right word, but um, he's worked with us, you know, and um, we're, we're, we're doing, we're handling it in house. We don't need you to step in. So I guess it'll be like six games, six or seven, which the, I, I listened to the low post, which is Zach Lowe. Hmm. Um, which is about the only thing from ESPN that I listen to. And I believe he had an episode with Tim McMahon, I believe, who I think is does something with the Mavericks. And I think he gave examples of previous gun related incidences. And like Raymond Felton had a gun outside a club or something like that. And he got four games. Hmm. Steven Jackson shot a gun. <laughs> he got like seven games and got seven. <laughs> <laughs> and that was during the David Stern era, which David Stern didn't like, play. Everybody was like, "Oh, David Stern! David Stern would take care of this right away." He slapped jaw with a big suspension. He gave Stephen Jackson yeah. seven games. Yeah, yeah. So that's Stephen Jackson. Was he going to give one of the biggest stars in the NBA? Right. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought two might have been a little light, but then when they came out, it's going to be additional four. It's like okay. That seems league influenced where they're like, don't actually come in here and try to like, we're going to make it an extra four, right? They probably made a suggestion to the Grizzlies the Grizzlies, you know, maybe kind of a back and forth, like a bartering kind of thing. Eh, He needs to be out eight. Eh, How about four more? Eh, Even six. How about that? Um, But that's the biggest thing. Like we just haven't heard a for sure date. Like this is the date that he'll be back. It's just like an ongoing thing, which leaves right. a lot of things up in the air where you're like, you're wondering more about Ja. Like how serious is this for him right now? Like, is he going through it? Is he okay? Like they talked to Taylor Jenkins tonight and said that he's been communicating with the team and knows he has to set a better example. And he has to, all these requirements he has to fulfill before he can come back and rejoin the team. Like, when you just leave stuff up in the air, which this front office tends to do, it lets your mind wonder, like, mm. what is Jaw doing? Like, is Jaw all right? Like, we just need a status report, right? Like, maybe the yeah. dude does just need a break, but it would be nice to be have a status report. Like, he's in good spirits. Yeah, but that's he's his business. Well. Like, that's his yeah. business. All right, so real, real quick, well, Black Lives Matter. Say what he's doing. You just Correct. be like, yeah, yeah. he's fine. You know, he's in good spirits. He's working to get back. You know, we expect him to be back March 18th. You know, like, yeah, no, I, listen, I, I like, I like it when they're coy. I, I think it's funny. I, I think it's, I think it's great. It pisses people off. I think it's great because the simple fact is you can't mm. paint him into a corner because 
We didn't say that. We didn't say anything. And so, real quick, Black Lives Matter said, Des uh, said he got a text from uh, from Ja uh, after the game saying, uh, good win, and he misses the teams. And this was a report from DeMichael Cole. So, first of all, thank you, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, for giving us that. But, um, it, <laughs> listen, I, I just, looking at all of this in general, I think that 3-3, the night of 3-3, the Okay, the morning of three, the three, three, so three, four, I guess, uh, is when all this happened. But immediately came out the next, you know, that on three, four, and then you're talking about four game suspension, then the two games. That's six, right? You're getting to the 18th is my is my thought, right? It is that's where I think it's going to all come come out. Potentially, you bring him back against a game on a Friday night against the Spurs away, and he's back with the team. The next night, he's playing with the team. I think that is easy. You're bringing him back to Texas. Do you think they really care about guns in Texas? Are they going <laughs> to boo him with the Spurs? Like, are, are, Do you think the Spurs fans are going to be upset that he had a gun at a club? They're like, hey, we had a gun over here doing do-si-do in the local country club. Like, That's just literally what's happening. Like, They don't care about guns. They all have guns. Yeah, they've, um, got, they've got guns on one hip and churros on the other. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yes, I, I think that it, it works out like that. And I think that you can be coy with it for the simple fact that there's no reason uh, to say anything and do anything. I, I will say that I have uh, a source that has said oh. that he there has been no no action at his house. They don't believe that he or anyone else is at home at the 12th Kripsky. Mm. Um, I don't know what that means, but that's just what I was told is there's been no, no movement at the house. So I, I there's, he's probably not there. I don't know what that means for the simple fact that did he go off to a private Island? You probably can't do that. Cause then you're flying and that's, you know, unless you took a private jet, I, Whatever. I don't care where he goes. He can be in a bunker. He can be in his bedroom. I just want to make sure that he's getting the right uh, treatment for what he wants to. And honestly, is it that crazy what he did? No. But individually, it's not crazy. But when you add them all up together, you kind of see the spiral of a young man. And that's what's happening. Is he was getting, you know, he's probably dealing with some things in life, uh, whether it's personal issues. Whether it is the fame, whether a little bit of you know getting to him, I really think that he was having trouble and he was trying to uh, prove a lot of people wrong, and that's kind of what this team was doing in a sense. And the fun kind of left, and he was trying to deal with having all that pressure, and that's what happens is when you kind of lose sight of yourself. And I think that's really in the end, no matter what he did, I think he was losing sight of himself. And so in the end, I, I think that he is going to be better off because of it. I think you're going to have a, a locked-in 12 when he comes back. I think he's yeah. going to be incredible. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, I think the losing yourself is a really good point that you make because it does seem kind of like like he's always been a good teammate. Everybody likes him, right? Everybody defends him on the team. But it does kind of feel like he was starting to not alienate himself from the team, but kind of like go more solo. Like he was just kind of doing his own thing. Like he showed up to the game. It's kind of like a Michael Jordan effect, right? It, it like, was. Yeah, like he just shows up to the game. You know what he's going to do. He's a rock um, star. And it it kind of feels like 
yes, the circumstances of what happened for him to have to go away are not good, right? right. No. They're bad um, and non-excusable. But it has the potential to reset him mentally to watch the team, and he thinks, God, if I'm there tonight against the Warriors, like, what could we do? Yeah. Right? Like, you get to see... <sighs> They just needed me against the Lakers. Yeah. You know, oh, they needed me to close against the Clippers. Like that's what I bring to these guys and they do, they do everything else to help prop me up and I take them across the finish line. So I do think that is a part of this where when and if he comes back, um, cause there's always an if you just never know. <laughs> right. True. Um, I, I do think this has a real shot to be, like it was kind of like, um, like kind of zombies for the last couple mm. months for this team. Yeah, and I think this could be a real injection of energy. Yeah, um, I almost said shot in the arm, but I thought maybe <laughs> I was too on the nose. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I do really think this could propel this team to even if they're a three seed. Like I, they they're scary in the playoffs they are and i think that if they come back everybody's good whatever happens with steven gets fixed and it's not this long lingering thing where he actually needs surgery which i'm sure he might talk about in a second um i think they can make the western conference still like the finals like i'm not i'm not afraid of that at all yeah well Let's speak of uh, Steve-O real quick. Um, <clears throat> the whole timeline, everybody kind of understands about Steven Adams. He was supposed to be out, you know, three to five weeks, right? And then all of a sudden we're in the sixth week. Um, and I, I just, everybody's wondering, like, what's happening? Like, is there a setback? They're interviewing Taylor Jenkins. There's not been a setback as far as I'm you know, concerned. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I think, and this is me putting on my, my tinfoil hat, my conspiracy theory of not knowing anything besides just listening and reading the tea leaves uh, and knowing a little bit about, you know, injuries. Um, you know, I don't know tons. I don't want to uh, think, thankfully I've never really had anything really terrible in my life happen. Um, but I will say that seeing a little bit of what has kind of happened in the timeline of what he was doing is he was ramping up to get back in his training, right? And so he's getting back, and they have it set where he's going to be back for this fifth week, right? Well, he's back. He's he's ramping up his his training and his five-on-five, five, and he's getting back to where he has to get back in basketball shape, right? Because there's not this. it's not the same as just regular shape. All right? I have a dad bod shape. you got a dad bod shape. <laughs> He has a Steven Adams Aquaman shape. That's not the same. He needs to have Aquaman basketball shape. He didn't have that yet. So that's the reason he's trying to get back and he's trying to get back to it. He's not limping even now. What happened is, in my theory, is they go back in and relook at it, right? They go back and look at that that tendon and what's in there and make sure is it fully healthy? You've done the training. You feel good. You feel like you can get back out there. But is it fully healthy? And I think what they found is it is it wasn't fully healthy. It's not that he can't go out and play basketball. He probably could. And you know what? It might be 50-50 whether he actually hurts himself again. But you can't be 50-50 or whatever percentage unless you are 100 
when you're coming off of injury like that. And so I think that, yes, they do need him on this team. But I also think his health and a big man, a seven-footer, is much more important. And so I think what, the, what happened is the doctors went back and looked at his, his injury and just made sure that it was fully healed, and they did not think it was fully healed. And at that point, you go get the stem cell uh, injection because what that does is that goes in there and kind of bonds and does all nerdy stuff in there and, you know, like human stuff, like <laughs> real cool stuff. And it, makes your, and it makes your bones and your tendons better. And it makes you like Aquaman, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> that's pretty much what they're hoping happens. And honestly, they could revisit it in two weeks, which they probably will every two weeks. Um, and if it's starting to show uh, realization, I think you're going to get a, a another update out of that at some point that he is healing properly and we're looking to bring him back uh, by the playoffs. I think you're going to have that come back from uh, the uh, the close to the vest front office. Yeah. I, my question was just going to be to add on to that is, is this decision to do the stem cell because they didn't maybe love it exactly based on the recent play of Xavier Tillman. Like if Xavier Tillman hasn't been so steady for them in Steven Adams, you know, in mm. his spot, do they feel like they can afford to push Steven off just a little bit? So to make sure it's completely fully healthy for the playoffs instead of, you know, like you said, being 50, 50 for the next couple weeks, just to kind of get across the finish line. Right. Um, so I, I'm just curious if you thought any of this was maybe they were able the luxury to push it mm. off because of the way Tillman has been playing for them recently. Xavier Tillman, the luxury. Who wow. would have thought? Nobody. <laughs> nobody would have ever thought that having Xavier know. Tillman <laughs> is a luxury. Mr. G League, like, yes, come on. Like, this is crazy. Hey, listen, he's playing out of his mind. He's playing well. He's playing yes, within his yeah. role. Uh, and he's he's very important. Like literally, he has I think is a one point four something like that million dollar. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's a team option or if it's part of his contract for next season. Uh, crazy good value. And shout out to Brandon Clark for having a contract next year because he could not have a contract and be hurt with a uh, an Achilles injury. So uh, good on that. All that. But to answer your question, I, I think that um, I, I I don't think that the front office or medical team care honestly about the on court stuff i really don't um and i could be wrong and i'm you know i've been wrong you know many times in my life uh but i just don't think that they care too much for the simple fact that i think that yes if they lose every game that sucks but there's a good enough team on the court that they're going to be okay worst case they do fall down to three two three four five six whatever they're still making the playoffs. If they can get back a healthy Steven Adams for the playoffs, that's kind of really what you want in a sense. I, I don't think these regular season games matter that much, in all honesty. Um, the only There's probably, you know, what, six to eight teams that really are fighting tooth and nail every night. Some of these guys do not, you know, they still don't care that much um, th that they're still fighting for a playoff spot. <laughs> uh, and so I, I think that this front office sees that there's a potential for Steven to be fully healthy, but they just signed him to a two, another two-year extension, right? So they need him more than just this year. Uh, so I, I, I actually, to answer the question completely, I don't think that they care too much about the on-court stuff. But it does, uh, it is nice to have Xavier Tillman as a luxury. Yeah. 
We'll see. Anything else you have, Ryan? Because I think that's all we got tonight. I no, I don't. After the past couple, like the past week, feeling like crap. Crap. Tonight, it's just nice to feel good. Now we might lose the next eight after tonight. Like who knows? We're not um, though. We're not. We're not. We're not. But I'm just saying, it's nice to at least feel good tonight. <laughs> is it a point? <laughs> is it a point when you're a Grizzlies fan that? You got to be careful, right? There's a line out there. You can't cross it of just completely just shoving it in the Golden State Warriors fans' faces. Like when you win, like doesn't it feel good just to shove it in their face a little bit? Yes. Or is it is is that petty of us? Uh, we're petty, so no, I guess that's not at all. like look, we beat you, right? Without Steve-O, Ja, Brandon Clark, like Santi murdered you. What else needs to be said? Santi season in your eyeball. <laughs> Listen, I th- this has been a it's been a tough part. I, I think we talked, and I just talked about it in the last podcast. I think it was last year at some point where I said that was the last year we had no expectations as a team. Like it was the last year that was going to be like a fun, fun year because the expectations weren't through the roof like they are now. And now that we're we're in the season. One, I was right because this has not been fun with these expectations. Like we've fired our coach many a times. We've hired so many different people. Um, and I look at the other fan bases and I'm looking through Twitter and they've fired Steve Kerr 45,000 times as well tonight just in this game. And so I see what's going on in other fan bases and I'm like, God, dog, like this is like we are living on the edge as a fan, like Grizzlies, Warriors, all these fans, they're just living on every game. And it's just, that's not healthy. And it's not (laughs) healthy for any of us. It's been bad. It's we're finally in the conversation to be like that. Mm. After, you know, the past couple of years, like even when we had the run with, you know, Conley, Gasol, Zebo, it didn't really feel like that now. Maybe social media probably wasn't as extreme as it is now. No. Um, but like we just haven't been part of that conversation where we can get pissed off after a game, right? Like it's not the Charlotte Hornets where you know every night you're gonna be ass. Like you just know. Yeah. Um, like this the expectation is to win. And if you don't win every night, like I think that's a good place to be when there's an expe- expectation for you to win every night. Hmm. It's not, not realistic. Healthy. It's, it's me. not healthy and unrealistic, <laughs> but it's a lot better than being like, well, if we lose the next six of eight, we'll have a 14, four, 4% more chance of being a top five pick. Like it's a lot better than that. Um, this is so, true. Well, I don't know. Healthy and rough, but it's nice to actually be in a conversation where there is an expectation where we could win every game. I'm just happy I don't have to get the uh, the text messages from you about all these these players that are barely 19 Bro, and they're the they're gonna be on the Grizzlies and you think you want them to draft like come on I'm so tired of that like Bro, I'm bre- breaking my heart <laughs> we're gonna be in the 20s again drafting thankfully <laughs> breaks my heart I don't have to hear you talk too much about the draft but um, real quick though um, to give a little shout out to uh, to you and the free basketball team. Uh, the last podcast y'all just put out obviously was good, but also uh, the NCAA March Madness. We are going to present two episodes. Uh, we might do more than that, but at least two episodes. So if you like the NCAA tournament, we're going to have them on the Grizz on One feed for the simple fact that I think it's important. I, I think that you're going to bring to light some players that 
um, are players to watch for the Grizzlies because I think that is um, something that even though it's way right, way past the postseason uh, and into uh, the summer, I really think it's it's fun to watch players that could be on your team the next year. And so I know you're going to bring light to that as well as talk about some matchups, teams that are good, give your predictions on some things. And um, I, I think obviously uh, March Madness is a big part of a sports fans life. It's part of my life, yours life as well. But you're going to have at least two episodes. I'm not. We're not sure exactly how it's going to play out because there is going to be a lot of post game shows that we're still doing. So we don't want to put too much on the feed, uh, but we want to give you enough uh, content there. That way, uh, if somebody really wants some and hear you and hear you talk about it and break it down, as well as some other people, uh, I think it'll be very, uh, very fun in, in, in a sense. Yeah. So, anything you're looking to bring uh, with those NCAA uh, podcasts? No, if you've never listened to them before, which I would assume be most people who are in on this show, um, I like there's a couple different things that we like to do. Usually I have multiple different guests and it's like three or four pods doing each bracket region, talking about the teams, players, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to try to condense it into that at, at minimum two. <laughs> at minimum. Um, it's just, it's my favorite thing. I know a lot of people don't care, but it's just something for me that has been basically my entire life, right? And it was always a big deal. Like my parents always made it a big deal. Um, and so I, I just have fun with it. And so I, I usually have an episode where I pick up sets. I give you statistical and kind of historical proof on what you should look for. Um, and give you those teams because everybody, if you do brackets, everybody wants to pick the Cinderella, right? Mm. Um, now, I didn't have St. Peter's last year over Kentucky, sure. but I had a couple that were nice, right? Like I had Miami as going really far um, and upsetting Auburn. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. Actually picking a champion, I give a lot of stats and stuff about teams that you should look for based on a lot of historical things. Um, and then it's just like breaking down a bracket thing, which, you know, my co-host Cody last year, he did two brackets with me and one bracket. He doesn't watch college basketball, um, but one bracket he used whichever mascot he liked better. Um, that's him, who he picked. And him then and his he, mascots, something about mascots for him. But uh, and then the other one, he's he picked a region based on where it was a better place to live. <laughs> and that better place to live was like the best bracket. It made no sense, wow. but it was almost a perfect bracket. So I don't know if he's going to come on for that. Um, Cause I know he's busy next week, but we'll have a couple guests. We'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So make sure you stay tuned. It will come out. We'll say Sunday or Monday for sure. Uh, one of those two days it will be out uh, next week. Uh, and so selection Sunday is Sunday. And so usually there is some, uh, some fun times for that. Um, I don't know my schedule, just kind of give y'all a heads up. We have put out some, uh, some dates, uh, that we're doing shows on. I believe that we are not going to be here for the, uh, the Mavericks game on Saturday, but Monday against the Mavericks on the road, we will have another episode, a post game show, the heat on Wednesday on the 15th, we'll have a show. Uh, we will not on the 17th against the Spurs, but back with the Warriors on a weekend, which I normally don't do, uh, but a weekend on the 18th, I will make sure we have a show because Warriors-Grizzlies is always a fun time to have a show. So uh, make sure you kind of stay tuned to that. I believe that we'll be um, 
pretty accurate on those. Uh, I just thought about me leaving to go out of town. So um, I don't know if the wife's going to let me, but we'll see. All right. Got to go pack. Got, yeah, got to go pack. All right. So that's all we got. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great time seeing the Grizzlies win, seeing the Grizzlies happy. Uh, having you back on here, Ryan, is always a good time. So uh, let's go ahead and keep the ball rolling. Keep that train going. Make sure you be nice and tell your friends.